Bueno, bueno. What's up, everybody? This is Albert Campa. Back again with the Cantina Mix Podcast, episode 156. Solo, going solo for for the moment. But hopefully later on we can have John Jagu back on, as well as Dan Preciado. Uh, but just to go and begin the podcast, uh, it's been a, it's been a week since uh, we last talked, and since then there's been quite a bit of action. Uh, already talked about over the weekend. Uh, the main piece of news was going on was the horrific videos that were seen of uh, from the fans the Rayados fans, the Tigres fans, just before the Clásico Regio. And uh, this is pretty uh, uh, pretty bad, pretty bad scene. So uh, as you guys have probably already know, two buses, I guess, came up to each other. Fans started getting out uh, recently in a uh, sort of bad excuse of a letter from the the Barra from Rayados came out and sort of gave a justification to their actions. Trying, They said they were trying to protect the women and children that, that were in their bus. So the guys came out and sort of tried to distract or uh, move the attack somewhere else from the Tigres, saying the Tigres instigated it. The Tigres fans started fighting. And so the uh, in the video, you can see the Monterrey fans just pretty much overcoming them. Tigres were, were running. There was a car that apparently was trying to mow down some Tigres fans. And then towards the end, one of the Tigres fans didn't make it, uh, didn't escape, tripped. Uh, you can see in the video tripped and then, uh, Monterrey fans just piled on him throwing punches. And on another video, it was shown there were rocks throwing at him while he was unconscious. He was taken, uh, his clothes were taken off and, and that's really the, the weird and just crazy part of it. Just think of the mindset of some guy. Uh, usually, like when you see a fight, or if you think you you're gonna be in a fight, um, you know, you think, okay, someone's gonna get it's gonna get broken up, or someone's gonna get at worst, someone's gonna get knocked out, and, and maybe if the guy is really upset or really undisciplined, they'll they'll throw a cheap shot while the guy's down, uh, maybe knocked out, just one cheap shot, and then you know be done with it and walk away. Um, the, in this case, the guy was probably already knocked out probably getting hit, uh, apparently stabbed, and then his clothes ripped from his body until he was naked. Then after that, just laying there unconscious on the ground, several people, I, I counted two, go up to him with rocks and just point black range, slam a rock into his body or head, whatever they were doing. And just imagine the the mindset you must have to do that kind of uh, that kind of terrible act. And then run away. Uh, of course, one guy had identifiable tattoos and long hair. And I don't know if he's been caught, but um, not very bright on, on his part. But uh, uh, those particular guys that I saw in the video weren't really identifiable. And, 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 and my initial thought is, okay, these guys are getting away. So just horrible, horrible incidents. Uh, a lot of people are complaining about the reaction from... Uh, the clubs from the Liga MX and how they are, you know, the, the game continued. It was a boring one, one zero zero game. 
not very impressive. A lot of people, I didn't even watch it. I wasn't in the mood to watch soccer at that after seeing that. Uh, a lot of people said that you know the, the the clubs should punish their fans, even though this happened away from the stadium. Um, the league should do something about it. Uh, a lot of people are upset with the way Tigres responded, with the way Monterrey responded, uh, especially with the way the Rayados fan uh, La Barra uh, responded and pretty much passed the blame to Tigres. Uh, so, and I agree with all of that. I do not agree specifically with uh, the, the league or the clubs punishing the fans. Uh, I think this is, these are just incidents. There needs to be uh, some type of movements, uh, announcements, uh, security needs to be in place in the stadium specifically, uh, around the stadium, of course. Um, police should be present, uh, especially when these groups are getting together, even on the way. Uh, there should be awareness all the way around. Um, but uh, when it's that far away from the stadium, you know that's not the, that's not the club's fault. Um, the fans are just passionate, and uh, you know this this uh, has happened in other places. This isn't like a single problem in Mexico. It's a problem all over, even with. Uh, uh, other sports, even. But uh, one thing that was interesting was uh, some uh, some comments, and I and I tweeted about this. Um, listening to the Mexican soccer show, uh, Tom Marshall, of course, lives in Mexico, and Cesar uh, made some interesting comments. He lives in San Diego, but goes to Tijuana quite often. Um, the reflection of society in Mexico um, was a comment Tom made uh, of this this type of violence, um, fan violence, but horrific type of violence, where you're pretty much causing the near death of an individual, and then not expecting to be caught or you know realizing that you might get away with it. Um, there is, of course, societies and people of all types. There are very well-behaved people in Mexico, and there are very scummy people like this. these people in Mexico. Um, there are people that get caught. There are people that do not, just like in any country. Um, there is a violence problem in Mexico. There is a violence problem in the United States. I would say in Mexico it's a little worse. Uh, there is no need for me as a Mexican fan um, Mexican soccer fan to defend Mexico, to defend Liga MX. My uh, idea or my thoughts are if Mexico has violence, then they have violence. If Mexico has people that are warm and friendly and that have awesome tacos, then that's what I will say. Um, but I think there's there's definitely both. Society is not a violent society in Mexico. There are many people who enjoy life, who have nice families, who take their kids to stadiums to watch soccer games, who have no issues. Uh, there's tweets of uh, American Chivas fans shown hugging each other and saying, while you, while you Monterrey fans fight and kill each other, uh, us Chivas and Americanistas get along just fine. That is false. They fight just as much as anyone else. Uh, Pumas, America fight just as much as anyone else. There is no 
uh, we're so innocent over here. Look at what we do. We'll, don't be surprised if this weekend during the Clásico Nacional there are fights between American Chivas. Even just recently, uh, Monterrey and Chivas, there, we, we, I think I talked about it last week, there were fights. Um, so I, I don't have no, I have no, my thoughts and my ideas that I express on Twitter or any place are not ones of, uh, defending Mexico or Mexico is a nice place and nothing ever bad happens there. That is incorrect. Bad things happen to a lot of people everywhere. And you might even say in Mexico, it's a lot more prone to happen. You're a lot more uh, prone to getting asked for money to buy the police sodas and, you know, getting um, asked for money from policemen when you get pulled over just so they won't give you a ticket. They'll take you to an ATM even. Have you ever heard of that in the United States? Sure, in Mexico, there's all kinds of stuff. But also in Mexico, you will find friendly and warm people. You will find and be able to hang out with cool people. You will find great food. You will find a great culture, great traditions. So there's many great things about Mexico. And there's also many bad things just like this um, about Mexico. And and that's the same with any country. So I don't defend Mexico. Uh, I call Mexico out on their bad things. I call them out on their great things, which there's a lot of. And, um, that's the way it is. So, Monterrey, horrific things. Uh, not very, not very happy scene on Sunday. So, after that, of course, we have, uh, uh, let's look at what happened actually. In the Jornada Diaz, uh, Calendario. So, uh, Pumas are staying up there. They got a tie. America was able to beat uh, lowly Puebla. Toluca beat Necaxa. Leon lost to Lobos Wap. Cruz Azul continues dominating. Of course, they had an easy chance against Atlas. And, uh, you know, that team with zero goals uh, again. Uh, Tijuana beat Pachuca. Chivas tied Querétaro at home. Uh, Santos tied Veracruz. And, of course, Tigres tied Monterrey. So right now the uh, the league. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the table. So right now we have uh, Cruz Azul, of course, up top with 23 points, three ahead of America, who was able to win. So they're at 20. Toluca 19. Pumas in fourth place. Uh, surprisingly, they're they're continuing to keep uh, keep themselves a little bit up there with 18 points. And then we have them tied with Santos, 18, Monterrey, 17, Tigres, 15 at 7th place. And then Querétaro at 8th place. And that's the Liguilla right there. Then we have Tijuana and Querétaro tied at 15, actually with Tigres as well, all at 15. Chivas at 14. So Chivas played uh, Pumas and Copa MX. And to look at the difference between those two teams, we have Chivas at 14 and Pumas at 18. So there's four points difference between 4th place and 10th place Chivas. So that's something to realize when uh, I had a discussion with Stray Goat when uh, we were talking about uh, general table and is it even valid right now or do we really want to wait until the end of the season? There's an argument to be had about the end of the season. Wait until the end of the season, the season happens. Anything can happen. Chivas could end up, you know, up in the up in the fourth, third place even. You never know. 
uh, or they could be down below. But that's where they're at right now. Eleventh uh, is Morelia with thirteen, and then twelfth Puebla tied at thirteen. Pachuca twelve points. Necaxa at fourteenth place with eleven points. Leon fifteenth with ten. And then we have the lowly bottom three: Veracruz with eight points, Lobos Blap seven, and Atlas. Guess how many points they have? Two, and has scored one goal all season. So. Atlas is doing very bad. So let's go to, uh, let's talk some, a uh, little bit of Copa MX drama that went on. Let me get to my, uh, my tweets. It's always good to check out the, uh, Twitters. So of course, the big drama for the Copa MX was on Tuesday night. Guess who got eliminated from Copa MX? We have Hijoles. Octavos de final. America. Okay, first of all, Necaxa. Leon, Leon beats Necaxa. Pachuca beats Tapachula. And uh, Chaco showing his age, missing a penalty. Tijuana loses to Cruz Azul. So Cruz Azul doing well in both tournaments. America goes up against FC Juarez. Ends up tying 2-2. Two to two, And then losing to penalties 8-9. to nine. So an extended penalty period uh, going back and forth. And then Juarez was able to get the win. Uh, now there's been some criticism here. Uh, with uh, Piojo, of course, making a comment about it, uh, one of the youngsters who missed the penalty kick, saying he shouldn't have let him in. Uh, he shouldn't have let him take the penalty kick. He should have relied on a more uh, experienced player. I don't, and, and, and a lot of people saying that's 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 not what you say in public. You do not throw your youngster under the bus. Uh, I can sort of see that argument, but I don't fully agree. I don't think. Uh, he wasn't stating, I don't think, you know, he, I think he was stating the obvious. Sure, it doesn't sound nice. It doesn't sound like he's praising the young kid, but we all know if you want, if you want to secure a successful result, you're going to want the better, the more experienced player taking the penalty kick or being on the field during the gameplay. Um, so saying that the coach was at, saying that you were at fault as a coach for putting this guy in who's young and inexperienced to take this penalty kick in a, in a high pressure game is, you know, it's not pleasing to the guy and might lower his self esteem, but hopefully he is strong enough to get through this type of insult, if you want to call it, or being thrown under the bus, if you want to call that. Um, I don't see too much of an issue that there's, uh, this whole participation trophy type of thing where people's feelings get hurt and we're supposed to treat, you know, the guy with kid gloves. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with that. So that was the big drama with Tuca. And, uh, and they lose. The other issue with the America uh, getting eliminated of Copa MX is that maybe Copa MX isn't the big 
uh, tournament that's really important that Club America needs to be involved in or needs to put their forth, forth their best effort with their top players. The priority here is Liga MX. Copa MX, okay, if we can do that and if we have the, uh, the, the, um, depth necessary to play two tournaments, um, then go ahead and do so. Maybe they underestimated FC Juarez. FC Juarez, um, was out there playing for their lives. They want to prove themselves. They're a young team going against the big America. So, of course, they're going to play their best, their hardest. This is a priority for them. America's priority is the league. So they go in maybe with not their best lineup, not their best effort, and they end up paying the price against the second division FC Juarez team. So, tough loss. I would call it a failure, but I wouldn't call it the biggest scandal and that America is in a crisis. America is still up there on, on the league table. They're in second place. And we have, I was arguing, and on Twitter there seems to be a lot of Chiva hermanos, more so than America, or they're more vocal. My Chiva hermanos friends, saludos to all those guys. Rigo, uh, Stray Goat, let's see. Don Tikajon, who replied to, to one of uh, my tweets with a, uh, uh, a cricket chirping. Interesting. And, and the reason he did this, I assume, is because, um, guess what? My tweet didn't get 3,000 likes and 2 million retweets. Uh, uh, Hercules Gomez said, Si cuando gana Chivas una copita no importa, que tanto importa cuando a Club América lo elimina un club de ascenso en una copita. So basically, Chivas wins a little cup, like in Copa MX, but it doesn't matter. The American needs to say it don't matter. But when Club América loses to a uh, second division team in this World Cup, does that supposed to matter? And that, his logic doesn't really doesn't really make sense. Um, uh, it shouldn't matter because if Chivas wins the cup, it doesn't really matter, or it matters to a little degree. If Club America loses to a cup, loses the cup, it doesn't really matter either because the cup doesn't matter. So either win or lose, it's no big deal. Club America, uh, my response was correct, but since it's a meaningless, meaningless cup, wouldn't little effort be f- put forward to trying to win it, maybe by using youth or second stringers? On the other hand, when a team gives up on a big tourna- tournament and goes full force on the little cup, then what? So uh, when Chivas were winning their cup, their Copa MX um, championships, um, one of the times at least, they gave up completely on the league. Because they weren't in, in uh, they weren't even going to qualify, so all their eggs were in the basket of the littler Copa MX. I then continued saying, then winning the Copita a few times because they don't qualify for the big cup, they consider the Copita wins Copa MX campeonissimo. So they are the awesomest. They win a couple of Copa MX and they are just on a roll, winning titles, but yet not qualifying for the big league title. Then, was, then as a result of such Copa wins, their coach is considered to be the true greatest of all time. 
and worthy of coaching the, the national, the Mexican national team. So Almeida, of course, just rushed up there. He, he, he didn't, you know, he won one Liga MX championship, which was great, but the consistency wasn't there. The, 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 the losses in, in, in Guadalajara, the home record, the, uh, um, there were great moments, but there was a lot of other moments that weren't so great. So I made this comment, and our fellow Chiva hermano, Don Tika Football, of course, responded with the, the crickets. It's a likes, like a you don't get very many likes type of insult. But uh, but hello to him. Also, hello to Jaime Osorio. We, we uh, conversed. He, he seems like a sensible guy. I don't know who he's a fan of, but... Um, The, uh, the stray goat, of course, always brings some good, uh, some good fun to the game. Um, he says, you realize there's no UCL invitation coming anytime to the Club America. You're welcome to believe they're too important for an, an official cup, but like it or not, this weak region is all they got, so they basically should face criticism for their indifference. Yep, I agree, they should be, fa this loss is a failure. It's not a huge failure, there's levels for all things I need, Venice. It's not a huge failure, failure because the cup wasn't given importance, but it is a failure to lose to a second division team, even though it's in a lesser cup. Now the whole little dig of the UCL Champions League invitation for America. Yeah, no one is saying America can compete with the UEFA teams. They wouldn't even get an invitation. I, I replied just sort of condescendingly. And our friend soccer nerds came and said that I didn't get the joke, which of course I did. Um, our uh, friend Regal Michelada God uh, said again, "This isn't about popularity. This is about downplaying America. Not taking, not making the semis would should be looked as a failure. People and media downplaying this is why teams don't take it serious because of the stakes. Uh, people don't take it serious because it's not a big cup." Um, and failure, yes, it is a failure, just like I said, um, but not not a not a big scandal, and that's what I uh, when I uh, retweeted what uh, Mauricio Pedrosa from Rosa Deportivo said. He said it's not a big scandal. Um, so we went back and forth a little bit, and uh, we pretty much come to the same the same idea. There's a little bit of disagreement there. But uh, I think even in Europe, Regal brings up a good point. Let's go through this thread, I guess. Um, Regal says it's not a it's not a uh, a mentality issue in Europe. The big clubs are expected to win cups, not just the league. In Mexico, they try and downplay the cup when one of the big clubs gets eliminated. Um, that doesn't really apply. I think Europe is different because Europe has the Champions League, which is the biggest cup ever, even bigger than I think the EPL. Like if I was a Manchester United and I had a choice between the the Champions League Cup or EPL, I'd probably take the Champions League because you're being the best teams in Europe, not just the best teams in England, or not just the best teams in La Liga with the Spanish teams. Uh, in CCL, that's not the case because we're in a weaker region Winning the CCL might be easier than, and, and, and I can, not a diss, but I can say this in the case with Chivas, might be easier 
to win a CCL, which Chivas did, than to win the Liga MX, which Chivas didn't. So, Rigo continues, he wasn't talking about UCL, he was talking about Copa del Rey, FA Cup, and all the domestic cup, t- club cups. Big teams go out there and to win them. Yes, America went out to win as well. But my question is, who wins those? Copa del Rey, that, that's not a good example. Because that that's league, Spanish league, is a two-team league. Barcelona, Real Madrid win most of those. There are Atletico, there's a win there, and then even, uh, uh, I think, uh, I forget what the other team was a rare win for some other team. I forget who it was. Um, but the FA Cup, let's look at that one. Not the top EPL winner wins FA Cup as well. FA Cup has a mix. Wigan win, won one. So, uh, and Wigan is currently in championship, uh, in the championship with the second division. So, it, so we have a second division team winning the, the FA Cup. When has a second division team won Copa MX? So that, that argument just sort of backfiring. But Grigo says that's not really the point. The point what I was saying was that the big team places importance on those tournaments. Man U just lost in that cup. It was a big deal because they're one of the big teams. In Mexico, you know, trying to downplay the cup. Um, I don't know how big a deal it was really for Manchester United. Um, they should win those games, but you don't hear it all over the the news, uh, you know, I think just as much as America losing, you hear that as a failure to a certain degree. Um, there is some talk about like why the cup is not really big, um, why isn't it popular? Um, I think this is popular because second division is in it. It's not the priority. It's not. Um, the huge teams. It's the same reason why all the Mexican teams want, or the Mexican players want to go to Europe. Because they want to play with the best. They want to go, they don't want to go down and play against second division players, second division teams. They want to play against the best. And when they win against the best, that's what matters. When you go to the World Cup, that's what matters. When you win first place in CONCACAF, that's great. You're happy, but you're not as happy as you would be if you won the World Cup, or if you won Libertadores. So there's there's my favorite phrase, there are niveles in all these things. Um, so that was one conversation. Mm-hmm. So so fun stuff, fun stuff in Copa MX. Uh, let's get to yesterday's Copa MX action. Uh, Miércoles Tigres wins um, they come, they come out and beat Puebla. And, uh, Querétaro beats Dorados. But the game that I was, uh, looking at, uh, very interested in was Pumas. And we're gonna go and, and, and sort of talk about the same, uh, the same mentality of big cup, big win versus lesser win. Uh, in this case, Chivas plays Pumas. At home in Guadalajara. And Pumas has not beat Chivas in Guadalajara for 30 some whatever years it was. It's a long streak that Pumas has not gone to Guadalajara and won a game. So what does Pumas do? They go over there. They get a goal. They get a, a goal against tied 1-1. Then Pumas gets an absolute golazo from a young 19 year old Canterano. 
uh, Figueroa. And they're up 2-1. And they take that through the half and continue on the second half. Uh, I would say in, in a dangerous situation, Chivas was controlling, Chivas was attacking, Pumas would do a little bit of countering, hold the ball a little bit, but not nearly as much. And there was definitely uh, a, a fear of Chivas is going to get one back. They're going to tie this game up 2-2. Two two. Uh, but Pumas were hanging tough. You know, Chivas uh, didn't come up with a big goal. And Pumas were, were protecting the, the, the goal. There was an issue with a, um, an offsides goal by Pulido. There was a goal, a mess up error by, um, a Pumas uh, goalkeeper who nearly gave up a little on the line and barely got it out. So a lot of people say it was, uh, it should have been counted and that would have definitely affected the game and t- had it tied 2-2. But Pumas comes and scores a, uh, a third goal, which was an auto goal from young uh, Benjamin Galindo Jr. <laughs> Jr. screwed up again. I think he messed up in a game previously. He's a young kid, uh, defensive area, and he scored an auto goal. It was a pretty nice goal, actually, but uh, ended up going against Chivas and ended up, they that sealed the, the loss for Chivas 3 to 1. So, analyzing this game, we, I said, earlier that Pumas had not beat Chivas, but does this game, does this win actually, you know, count and matter uh, to a huge extent? Like you would think, you would think, okay, Pumas finally beat the streak. They finally have redeemed themselves in Guadalajara. Uh, Going back to what we just talked about, I would say maybe they did it. Maybe they... uh, they, uh, you know, since it is a lesser cup, maybe this win doesn't matter as much, and I would agree. Martin del Palacio said, mil veces, oh, let me translate, he said, a thousand times I've said that the Copa Mex is the chocolate. It's, it's a tournament that people play second stringers that is only important to those who win it. So he's not going to consider Pumas being this, um, being this, um, this curse against Chivas. He says when we beat them in the league, then he will consider it mission accomplished. So this win that Pumas got against Chivas doesn't count, in other words. And I am a Pumas fan. John is a Pumas fan. We, sh- we might get to see what he has to say about it. But I would agree with that. I would say that this win against Pumas isn't as sweet as it should be. It was great. I did enjoy it. But it wasn't as sweet as it could have been if they were playing in the league. When it really matters, when it's the big tournament for these teams, Pumas beating Chivas in Guadalajara in the Liga MX is where this should happen and where Pumas fans should be truly happy to see. And so if Chivas fans want to say, yeah, this doesn't even matter, this isn't important, or what's worse, losing to a second division team or losing to Chivas. Uh, Stregard, I think, mentioned this. It's pretty much the same thing. Or that, you know, considering, and this is where we go to uh, looking at the table now versus looking at it at the end of the season. Uh, Stregard said, it's pretty much the same being eliminated by a second division team as being eliminated by Pumas. Pretty much throwing Pumas at the level or at the, the rating of a second division team 
my response to that was, well, Pumas is fourth place in the league table, and Chivas is tenth. So if Pumas is a second division team, how are they ahead of Chivas in the league table? By eight, by uh, four points. If Pumas is second division, then what is Chivas? Of course, Strago said this isn't the end of the season. Let's let's talk the table at the end of the season. Okay, what if they what if the, the season ends and Pumas is still ahead of Chivas? Then what? So it doesn't really it doesn't really matter here. That's ridiculous. Pumas has earned over and over again to be in the top division. The other case for FC Juarez, they have not yet earned that right. Um, and haven't been in the top, uh, division. So, uh, there's no, there's really no comparison. It's both, it's failures for both teams, America and Chivas. Uh, I would say a little bit more of a failure for America. The Chivas loss, you know, if you're a betting person, you would it wouldn't be too unexpected. Chivas doesn't do very, necessarily very well at home. And against Pumas, who's been a good team, who has good players, um, you know, it's not surprising that they would finally get their, their win. Uh, I think it's been a harder win to try to get, uh, for Pumas versus America than, than this one. So not, not too surprising. So that was the main, the main deal for Copa, for Copa MX. So of course we have, Monterrey still to play Zacatepec, and that will happen on the 2nd of October. Uh, octavos, and then for uh, Copa MX Cuartos de Final, we have Pachuca versus Tigres set to go, Cruz Azul and Juarez. The uh, uh, Cruz Azul-Juarez match should be should be interesting. Juarez is going to go up against the top team in Liga MX, Cruz Azul. Then Leon and Pumas. That should be fun. Querétaro will uh, will see who they play. Uh, the winner of uh, uh, Monterrey and uh, who did I just say they were playing? Uh, Sacatepec. So Copa MX action. So let's talk a little bit about uh, what do we got here? Tuca. Tuca has been discarded as the national team coach for Mexico, and we have heard um, reports of multiple, I think, 15 or so players, or not players, coaches being interviewed and being talked to over the past however many months um, to be interviewed and talked to about the national, taken on the national team. Recently, we've heard of Tata Martinez, Tata Martino, sorry, from Atlanta United. Now, initially, you would think, okay, Atlanta United, that's MLS, that's less, that's Benitas. We don't uh, necessarily want an MLS coach, even though he's Argentinian, to come and take over Mexico. Uh, so there's still a lot of uh, skepticism and stuff to hear about what's going on there. Um, so I think I actually called Tuca. So the whole thing with Tuca was that this guy... Um, went to coach the national team for these two matches. He was loyal. He expressed his loyalty to Tigres. When he left and came back to Tigres, the president of Tigres said that FMF didn't even say, call them or contact them 
about Tuca staying on for the national team and not even to say, you know, thank you for loaning him out. Uh, I, I sense this sort of like rift between the Tigres management and the FMF. So I thought, and I think I mentioned it on the podcast a few times, a few weeks back. I don't think Tigres is going to let him go. Tigres wants Tuca. They value him. And I don't think they're going to let him go to coach the national team and then be left, you know, out in the cold with, you know, having to find someone else. So eventually this came to pass and, uh, Tuca, uh, you know, it has come out that Tuca is going to stay, that they want him to continue with Tigres and that's that. So, um, Tuca out and we are ready for another week of Liga MX. Jornada Once. So this Friday, starting with Veracruz and Leon. Um, two teams, uh, you know, lower, lower level teams. Leon struggling a bit. They got a new coach. Um, but we should see how that continues with Leon. I expect Leon should be able to get a win away. Uh, Atlas and Toluca. Atlas playing at home. Maybe Atlas could come up and try to surprise somebody getting a win against, uh, against Toluca. It's going to be tough, but you know, we're, we're just waiting for that one breakthrough. Uh, the first win. Maybe we should take bets or something on the first win of, uh, when will the first win of Atlas come? Or will it come? Uh, on Saturday, we have the first game of Querétaro Tigres. That's going to be in Querétaro. Should I should have been in Querétaro? That would have been a good game to watch. Uh, then after that is Pachuca and Cruz Azul. Uh, that should be interesting, and I'll always keep your eye out for Cruz Azul to see if they can continue with their uh, their good wins and their good results they're getting. Uh, we have Monterrey after that against, uh, Tijuana. Rayados have been struggling. They lost to Chivas. They, uh, had all this scandalous stuff going on in the Clásico uh, Regio. And they ended up tying Tigres. So now they go against Tijuana to try to redeem themselves, try to get back on track a little bit. Uh, then we have finalizing on Saturday night, Necaxa and Santos. On Sunday, Pumas Puebla. Pumas has an opportunity to go and uh, get a good game against Puebla, and you know these are three points that they should uh, they should get to keep themselves on the top of the table going into the end of this season. Lobos and Morelia, and then finally on Sunday we have La Clásico Nacional, Super Clásico, America and Chivas. And I would like to recommend you guys, if you haven't already, check out. The Eagle Eye podcast with Ivan and all those dudes, they've been ramping up a lot, I've noticed, this week for their preview and their talk on the Super Classico that's coming up on this Sunday. So uh, Piojo has been a lot in the news for his controversial remarks. Chivas is always in the news, um, sort of with their mediocre play as, as of late, America They've been getting good results, but they, you know, there's some struggles there um, as well. 
Um, so this is this isn't going to always be an intense match. Um, the one thing I saw over at the Eagle Eye is one of their fans said that there's always these are always an exciting exciting games. There are always um, a lot of intensity, and I think sometimes that intensity, sometimes that desire to win, ends up being in, you know to a not so exciting game, a more conservative type of game, a cautious game, because they do not want to lose. It's more like I don't want to lose to my rival. Instead of I'm going to go out and beat my my rival, uh, we'll also watch out for any type of fan incidents, fan violence that might be going on between these two clubs. Uh, but it should be a good uh, a good match to watch and to keep our eyes on and and uh, and check out on a Sunday evening. So, um, yeah, let's. That's the action that's going down. Uh, let me check out the uh, any new stuff going on in the chat or in the Twitters. I guess we can read some uh, tweets. Let me see if we have any, uh, any interesting things going on as far as discussion threads. I think Holly. Helen was talking about some stuff. Um, uh, definitely brave of Cardoso to leave trophies and Pulido on the bench. Um, that was from Tom Marshall. Joel responds, both of those players are very inconsistent. Uh, to which... Regal gets triggered, and Joel then says, Puli never managed to break into Olympiacos' first team. His goal scoring in league play is way lower than expected, and trophies at this stage in his career should not be seen as a promise, but as a reality. So those are some good points. Trophies isn't the youngest guy around. Pulido had his chance in Europe, didn't break out, returned to Chivas, as this former European player, so you would think, oh, this dude is going to light it up. Not so much the case as we are seeing. Chofis has great skill, great spurts of awesomeness, uh, but isn't really consistent. That's what else says. Uh, Regal says he is a reality. Immediately after coming on, he created a chance that will be stopped. So there are some skills. There are some skills there. Blowing up and scoring instead of getting stopped by Volpi. Um, you know, that's that's the difference between, uh, you know, a good player and a great player. I replied saying, reality being a Liga next star at age 24, some may still see promise of a European contract where trophies sort of like fans wanting Linus to head to Europe ASAP at a, as a future promise at age 18. So age 24 and 18 is a little bit different. Trophies, however, responded, trophies was expected to dominate the league as he has the talent to do so, but there's nowhere near that. Instead, he was relegated to a few flashes of brilliance topped off with the off-the-field controversy. And I'm beginning to think Chivas number 10 is, uh, jersey is cursed. So just some good points. I mean, I think uh, there's, and this is something the, that our podcast, I think, highlights a lot, is I especially don't get into fanboying on my team. I do not say my team is great, my team is awesome, my players 
and Pumas are the are the best or do all this stuff. And I do not show bias, so I will call Pumas mediocre. I will call uh, Pumas players not very good. Barrera isn't a promising guy that you want to see on your team. He's an older dude. Uh, Pumas goalkeeper is, you know, totally choked uh, in some instances. So there are some, there are some things that, you know, you can definitely insult, but to just think that you're, just because it's your team, you're going to go all out for your players, defend them. Going back to Cesar's comment about defending Mexico. Yes, I'm Mexican American. Yes, I love Mexico and all the good things about it. But I will tell you, and I will have no problem telling you that Mexico has very bad X or Y. I have no problem in not defending Mexico. There are, you can defend certain things, but you can also call out things even about your own country or your own team or your own whatever. You can't have that bias or that loyalty that just blinds everything about what you're trying to talk about just because it's your team or just because it's your country or just because it's your, uh, your friends or your, you know, you're trying to be loyal. Uh, so that's, uh, that's my, uh, statements on that. Uh, I guess we, I could comment on this thing. I, uh, I saw that Carlos Vela was, uh, getting the King James Lakers jersey. Uh, I, I actually tweeted and asked Pern Dog, Fernando, our fellow friend, uh, about what he thought, and he, you know, replied something that I won't repeat. But he, uh, it's, it's a good thing to, to discuss. Uh, a lot of people criticized Carlos Vela for leaving Europe and going to MLS just because he wanted to go and enjoy Hollywood, enjoy LA, enjoy the nice lifestyle, enjoy the uh, celebrities, enjoy going to Dodgers games and Lakers games, and he likes basketball more than soccer and all this stuff, and criticized him. And I say, oh, you know, you have your right, and you are right to criticize him. Um, is he really even a Lakers fan? I think he... Uh, he yes, he enjoyed quite a bit and had the Miami Heat jersey not too many not too many years ago. Um, you know he's he's more of a fan of the whole uh, the whole uh, I guess the sport, but more of the whole environment of you know this is the coolest going to an NBA game or going to going to be in LA and um, and all of that. So. That's great. He's having fun. He's got a smile on his face and that, you know, is what's important for him. And that's fine. We can criticize him and we can be right in our criticism, but it's his career. It's his choice. Uh, and if he wants to do that, then that's fine. And he doesn't have to please fans. He has no obligation to do any of that. So I have no problem with them. I have respect for that. Um, I don't agree with it. I wish he would have stayed in Europe. I wish he would have done a lot of things different in his career to better Mexico, to better Liga MX, and to um, take the national team on higher level. I think the golden generation of him and Giovanni Dos Santos, um, I don't know about failed, but 
there, uh, I would say, did not live up to expectations. And I realize winning a young under 17 does not mean you're going to win the senior national team World Cup. But there was some uh, desire, and this was called the golden generation for for a reason. And it didn't end up turning out that way. So blame it on Bella. Sure, we can do that. But accept that he's happy and he doesn't have to do whatever us fans want him to do. That's great also. He is living the life. He is living in L.A. He has plenty of cash, plenty of money. Now he's got fame. Now he's throwing out the first pitch at the Dodgers game. Now he's attending and getting jerseys from from LeBron James and from the Lakers and going to Lakers games. Who wouldn't want that life? What are you going to do? Live in live in uh, Guadalajara? Maybe go to the Chivas game and see how they lose the Pumas at home? Or what else are you going to do? Go to Acapulco? No, I'll let you be in L.A. You're going to be with the stars. You're going to be with all the baseball teams, major leagues, the NBA, the best teams in the in the world. No, no brainer. Uh, so, going through, I guess the Twitter feeds. Not too much talk now that uh, Copa Mex and all this stuff is uh, is done with. I've got my uh, Twitter feed infected, so um, sort of sparse. Yeah, so I guess we had uh, we were gonna go a little late to see if the fellows were gonna join, but I, I don't think they are. Uh, I will have a week uh, uh, match of the week for this. Uh, this jornada coming up. Uh, apparently Picante is on right now, and they say el reto de Guadalajara es calificar a Liguilla. El reto de América es ser campeón. That is from David Faitelson. So this is actually a good tweet to talk about a little bit. The challenge for Guadalajara is just to qualify. They're not in qualifying range. They are currently in, what did I say, 10th place? They are in 10th place. They are not qualifying for Liga as we speak. But America, of course, is in second place. So Faitelson says that Guadalajara, their goal is to qualify. America's goal is to be champion. So this is two different levels. America is in the, the, the prime position. They are at the top of the table. They, you know, it could end up very well that they don't go deep into Liga and Chivas does. You never know with this with this league, but um, at the current moment, he has a point. I think he's trying to instigate a little bit with the Chivas fans, and he could end up being totally wrong, just like I said. But that is a good point. Um, of course, America needs to qualify as well. They can't be thinking two steps ahead when they haven't even finalized the season. Chivas, you know, they have work to do. So there is some reason in, to his statement, and then there is some uh, um, problems as well. So great, great stuff. Every day there's always something new, always a new take, and I enjoy it. Um, I enjoy discussing. I don't get upset with people dissing Pumas or dissing Mexico for violence or whatever, because I know the truth, 
I know there is bad stuff in Mexico. There's good stuff in Mexico. I wouldn't mind living in Mexico, but I live here. Um, so one thing I will tell you, though, about uh, Mexico, I was in San Luis Potosí one time. We were walking uh, back to our apartment and going from uh, street to street, just crossing streets as we were going along. Um, we come to this one street and are about to cross it. This is in a residential neighborhood. And all of a sudden, I look down the road, and there's just rocks being hurled in our direction, just being hurled down the road. And on the other side was like a, a gang of dudes on one side. And then on the far end of the street was another gang of dudes. And they were just hurling rocks at each other. So we just, and we were like caught in the middle. So we quickly crossed the street to get out of the way of all these rocks that were just coming down. And it was, apparently it was like some type of gang fight that they were, you know, throwing rocks at each other. And you know, I, all I just remember was just rocks just flying up in the air like bombs. And uh, we got out of there quick. But uh, something I have never seen in the U.S., of course. Um, the U.S., you know, you can find other types of stuff. We won't get into all of that, but there's bad stuff everywhere. Um, I will also say going to Mexico... Uh, walking down the street, I have never been able to walk down the street and exchange good mornings or good afternoons on such a frequent and friendly basis as I have in Mexico, uh, compared to the United States. United States people, uh, a lot of Americans are a little bit cold or reserved, kept, keep to themselves, whereas a lot of people in Mexico are very willing to say good morning and be polite and um, say hello to each other as complete strangers and open up to each other and, and say how are you doing and, and have discussions. So um, great, love the country of Mexico, love all the good things about it, but of course there's bad things as well. Doesn't uh, stop me from going down there or visiting on uh, as much as I can. So I think that uh, pretty much wraps it up for this episode 156. Come uh, check us out on Twitter. We also have a newly created Instagram page, CantinaMX underscore pod, same as our Twitter. We also have our Facebook out there. Our man Joel is on vacation in Spain. Our other guys are a little bit busy coaching youth players and doing stuff so we will hopefully have those guys back on later uh, next week and continue to join us on Thursday nights and hopefully after Hula gets back we will discuss talking more during the week uh, in the morning time or during the day so thanks for joining and I'll talk to you guys later